Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ah, uh, there you are. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. Let me paste the show notes. You feeling good? Feeling okay. Think you had a virus? Oh, I know I did. Okay. It was yeah. um, it was evident. Uh, did did uh anybody else have it? Patty's going back and forth between not feeling good, but I think she's just tired from a bunch of other stuff. You know, I've developed like when one of my kids gets sick, and this is like a recent thing in the last year and a half or so. I feel nauseous, like automatically. It's like I, I know it's psychological, but like if there's oh yeah, like of, almost like sympathy pains. I guess. I mean, I get nauseous, and I've never been like that until about the last year and a half or so. I get nauseous when uh, when they get sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Like it's like crazy, a, almost like a pre sickness. So. Yep. All right. Um. On the weekend, uh, I don't want to dive in the hurricane then, so uh, maybe we just talk. We just talk weekend and stuff specifically because that's football and hurricane. <laughs> so uh, we'll just talk. You know, we'll small talk or just a touch and just I mean, dive right. Yeah, in. I mean, I you know I went to a wedding this weekend. I mowed my grass. Okay. I'm talking. I'm okay. talking dumb stuff like that. You know. Okay. Real, all I got is hurricane and football. So that's all that was my whole weekend. I mean, so. I woke up at five o'clock. No, I didn't wake up. I got to woke up at four o'clock and went to church on Saturday morning and drove to Panama City and got back at ten fifteen. Woke up, preached <laughs> the next day. Woke up at five forty five, got ready to go preach the next day. So, yeah, that's all. My Why don't you get up so early to preach on Sunday? I get up and get to the building by seven. And Just to kind of wrap your head around your lesson. Or well, whatever? we start at eight thirty. Oh, and, that is pretty uh, early. And because um, we don't do Sunday night. And like at uh, all? no, we do eight thirty to we do eight thirty to like eleven thirty. That's something we just started a couple months back. Um, I like, like it. it. Mm-hmm. We do. You we said do eight to what thirty? Eight thirty to around eleven fifteen to eleven thirty. So we lost no time. It's just reorganized differently. So y'all have like Bible class, worship. You eat together. Do half an hour back. of half an hour of announce uh, thorough announcement making deep into the bulletin, interactive, conversational in the auditorium. Um, and then then open the floor to any suggestions or any, not suggestions, any anything they need to share, praises, concerns, sick people, you know, thing we don't know about in the bulletin, um, all that kind of stuff. And acknowledge birthdays and anniversaries, close all that with a big prayer. And then the boys come up and do reading song prayer. And then go to class around nine. Uh, get out of class at twenty till ten. Take about a ten minute, ten fifteen minute break. Start pew packers about nine fifty five. Pew packers goes to about ten o five, and then worship till 
usually, like I said, um, 11.15 or uh, 11.30 or so. And then, we get, then we're done for the day. I like it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's tiring on me. It's hard on my voice. I bet. Because uh, yeah, I do all of all that you just heard. I do. Other than other than lead singing in the Sunday morning, I do everything you just heard. So I go. Thanks. I talk for about three hours straight. Makes for a long day. Yeah, but you're done though, and we can go places on Sundays and do things, and you know, it's kind of nice to be done and not feel like you have to go back. Right. And not really sacrifice anything either. So. Right. All right. Let me go ahead and send Mark his information. All if right. we're ready, are you ready? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't have anything other than uh, those show notes that you listed. So. I'm going to try to do better about keeping that current. So welcome weekend, Mark. Football, hurricanes, Star Wars predictions. You've got four jokes. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that four. That's just that's just a copy and paste. Yeah, I saw that. Me? Huh? Copy and paste from me. Copied and pasted from the text to the email, and then from the email to the chat. Chat. Well, then Fucking. then it came in on the email because I don't have it on my text. So I just was worried I did something wrong. I was like, "What's the four? But I think it's just a typo. Just a typo. I'm excited to have Mark on. I think he'll be. I think he'll this be kind be of funny. Different for us. This will be different for us. I don't know what I don't know what to expect from him. He'll either come in very very polished or goofy. Yeah. I kind of like both. I'm good with it. Yeah, I can go either way. I have no idea where the four came from. I'm looking at what uh, I'm looking at what I copied. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> so it could have just been when you hit control or whatever and just stroke error. It's probably because it's next four is next to enter on my keyboard. Yeah, I probably just right before you hit enter it bumped over and in the in the gaming community we call that fat fingering it. Huh. Fat fingered it and you just missed it. I could talk about how we paid money for exposure registration like to a professional like website to run it, run our registration and it crashed the first two hours that it was open today. We could talk about that. They're gonna do anything about no, it I'm for you guys? I'm not gonna talk about I'm just gonna say it's open. I'm gonna try to remember to say it's open. Um, We've got like 27 people registered. Awesome. Got like the most most we've had in a while. We're going to take about 20, which is a good number for us. It's going to be right. huge this year. It's going to be, I think we might bump 2,800 or so. It's going to be the big, it's going to be really big this year. Good. It's because it's pushing up against, uh, it's over our weekend. Pushing up against Every what? time it's like, Anytime it's over a weekend, our numbers go up. Oh, yeah. Yep. What's the most you've ever had? Uh, last year. It was like 23. What are the dates as far as the weekend are concerned? Like, I mean, is it like Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I think so. Probably like the opposite. Running man. I'm not watching. Usually I watch. Uh, usually I have Monday Night Football on in the background. Uh-huh. It's it's Thursday, Friday, 
Saturday, Sunday. Um, but tonight, Sundance doing a uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger marathon, and the Running Man is on. Oh, well, that's a no-brainer. And it's like the Running Man was pretty much like it was so far ahead of its time. They just didn't do a good job with it <laughs> making the movie. Yeah, uh, like it's well, I mean, it, it's Hunger Games. Um, I mean, it's Hunger Games. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> There's even an underground resistance that they run into, yep. unintentionally. Uh, it was another movie that I, that that was that I thought was pretty much straight up uh, from the Running Man. I was I may have to do best Arnold's one day. All uh, right, we're gonna we're gonna have to have a long uh, a long uh, what should call it when we do that one. <laughs> I don't know what word I don't know what word you're looking for. Long segment. Uh, I think we got Mark in with us. Hey Mark, you there? Hey, hey. Uh oh, he he muted himself or something. We can uh, oh, we can, can manually unmute him. I got you. Can, you there, Mark? Can you hear me now? Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yay. Hey, how are y'all tonight? We are doing good, man. Good to hear from you. Hey, good to hear from y'all as well. Hey, appreciate the show. It is awesome. Well, thank, thank you, man. Hey, when we... Y'all are doing we redo, a, uh, go ahead. Y'all are doing a great job. Go ahead. I'm sorry. When we redo the intro, Big Red, this might be a voice that we could use. He's got that radio voice. He does. He's got that Terry <laughs> that Terry Broom voice. I thought about him or, or Scott McCown. The Terry Broom voice. I like that. <laughs> I call him I call him voice Terriously. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's good. Nobody, nobody ever thinks that's as funny as I do. Yeah, I'm gonna hey, be honest man, with you. I, I, yeah, I didn't really think it was funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know I got it. Uh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Guy it's who just... told the five-minute moth joke thinks that's not funny. Okay, that's the greatest joke <laughs> in the history of the world. Okay, um, Mark, how many how many things do we wish our preacher would tell us, or the preacher that the preacher knew, or whatever what I told you to say? Hey, at least three, man. Three? Uh, you got to go okay. three, five, or seven. So start out with three. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Man, okay. We'll, you wanna... No, it's fine. We don't have to give them to us ahead of time. Sometimes we like to get them in real time so we can get a genuine reaction. Okay. Um, one thing to be mindful of is on when Big Red and I are on, um, we're connected via our laptops through our, you know, on the Wi-Fi, uh -huh. and okay. we hear each other uh, like a quarter of a second, maybe a tenth of a second, uh, faster than you hear us, and vice versa. Um, so there's okay. just a hiccup of a breath in between, like when we ask you a question. And when you'll come back, there's a hiccup. That's just a difference in the speeds of the way it's uploading to the internet. There's nothing we can do about it. So okay. just adds up. Okay. No problem. Big Red, you got anything? And I don't. I, I'm good to go. All right. Well, Mark, we'll do just a minute, of just a, literally just like a minute or two of chit chat, and you'll we'll bring you in. Uh, you'll be muted, so <laughs> don't worry about anything. Um, and uh, I'll unmute you to bring you in. And then when we're done, okay. you're welcome to hang around or you can just hang on up and go 
go tend to the cows or whatever it is you got to do. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably just, you know, step out once I'm finished. That's what everybody does. So that's fine. Okay. All well, right. Actually, give me, give me two seconds real quick. Okay. All right. I'll let you know. I'm going to run downstairs real quick. Okay. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. Did y'all get you I mean, anybody uh, registered for Did y'all, Mark, did y'all get ready, anybody going to exposure? Well, see, um, uh, just yesterday, uh, some of the mothers uh, touched base with the elders saying that they wanted to go to exposure. So the elders, they were kind of taking a look at it. They said, well, we don't know what it is. And they were going to Google it. And uh, I, I tried to tell them, and uh, they were going to investigate it because uh, they, they just kind of wanted to know what was going mm -hmm. on. Uh, they go to CYC because, see, Larry Davenport used to be right. a youth minister there at Winfield. Uh -huh. So, you know, got to go to CYC. So, but uh, they're uh, entrenched. Hey, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I told you this, but just call Paul. We're paying him. <laughs> call Paul. We're okay. paying him just, to do this just type uh, of thing. Touch base with him. Let, let, him, earn it. let, let him earn his pay, right? <laughs> hey, yeah. For, um, yeah. Yeah. Let him earn it. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Hopefully we'll have a group there. I mean, even if you get yeah, five, really six, want... seven, you know. Yeah. Well, if 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 we don't take a group, Paul and I are, are definitely going to go. We're going to register with uh, uh, Bowden. Oh, okay. I was yeah, telling. We're going to try to take a group. I was telling Big Red we opened registration today and had this fancy new system. Well, it's not fancy. This new system that is supposed to cure all our registration woes. Um, mm -hmm. A little more up to date. And it crashed. It was over. It over. It got overwhelmed. <laughs> it got overwhelmed and crashed for the first two hours. So many people oh were jumping my. on it. They crashed that website. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm, Man. I'm back, guys. Okay. That's a good sign, though. Okay. Like crashing the crashing mm -hmm. the website. Yeah. That's, trying to get on. Good problem to have. <laughs> hey, Mark. Quickly before we get hey. into the show. Um, I was just going to ask you how everything's going with your uh, with your new congregation. You, you enjoying it? I know it's a little bit of a change, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's going really, really, really well, and uh, just uh, they're very busy. Um, uh, just something just about <laughs> every night of the week. So a uh, little little bit of change in regard from Austinville. So you know, uh, just uh, really a little bit more a little bit busier and that kind of thing. So, but, um, it's right. going really well. Of course, I mean, just, you know, uh, I'm looking at, uh, a week in the day, so <laughs> don't <Right>. have much <laughs> right. to, to go on you. yet, but it's, yeah, we're, we're really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. We saw, we saw Miss Polly at, uh, Flint on, uh, I believe it was last Wednesday. So we were excited to see her and enjoyed having her. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, on Wednesday nights when she gets off from work, it's hard to make the drive over and back. And so I think just until our house sells and we get to move, uh, she's going to be coming down there on Wednesday nights. Well, you know, Mark, she had such a good Bible class teacher on Wednesday night. You know, I just can't blame her for going back. I mean, well, you know. I, I heard. I, I mean, I heard that it just didn't get any better in that Bible class. I mean, the teacher I mean, is, the, just, is the main. You know, pretty, I mean, that, pretty that's much he's, he's, he's pulling the weight, you know, so <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. Yeah. Stepping up. <laughs> good deal. All right. I'm good whenever, Brendan. All right. If you two girls are done chit chatting. Um, hey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What we do, what we do is we have a little bit of, we have a, just a moment of a moment of silence. So when I go back to edit it, I can see where to start the show. 
Um, so we'll, I'll do okay, like a silent pin count and then we'll we'll begin. Okay. Hello, hello. Welcome to Two Dudes Talking. It's the best mediocre podcast on ye old internet. I am Brendan Chance. I'm coming to you tonight from the shores of Lake Martin, Alabama, as always. And as always, my co-host is Michael Big Red James. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Coming to you live from the River City up in Decatur, Alabama, the priceful community. Excited to talk and uh, catch up on a week's worth of things going on. You know, one thing about us is uh, speaking of speaking of Big Red and myself, Brendan, uh, we are the father fathers of he has two daughters and I have three, which that I found out last week that gives us a unique when you combine us, that gives us a unique uh, title. When you okay. combine us, when you combine us, we are the record holders for the most naked Barbie dolls in the world. Yes, it's true. I guarantee you there are at least nine naked Barbie dolls in my daughter, Anna, specifically her room right now. I don't understand what it is. Why do female children have to make sure their Barbies are naked constantly? Uh, Brendan, mine take know. it literally. I have taken the plastic wrappings that they pay people $24 an hour over in Asia to wrap those toys up, painstakingly disassemble a toy. And then they get it out and they remove all the clothing instantly. I, I mean, know. yeah. Hey, I've got to have the Little Mermaid with that sits on the stump and has the fish and and all that. But as soon as you get her, you got it. Well, Little Mermaid doesn't wear that much clothes to begin with. But I think you only know what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what outfit it has on; it comes off immediately. And I guess that's just our plot in life uh, as we deal with the that life of being surrounded hey, check by emails check this out first interesting aside of this podcast all right we're we're two minutes in and i'm gonna derail us i watched the craziest video of this guy who got his daughter uh the real voice of the the little mermaid to sing at her wedding she was like obsessed with the little mermaid when she was a little girl and the dad like sought out and found this lady and told her about how much her daughter loved and the little mermaid sang at her wedding it was the first time this uh performer had ever sung at any wedding that wasn't in her family and it was crazy anyway random aside that is a random aside that's some that's something if i if i uh tap out guys uh uh Terminator's coming on my television, and so I may have more important things to deal with. Uh, but anyway, uh, before before that happens, cancel. Press pause. We'll come back. No, we we got to move on. You know why we good? Know why we got to move on? Because we have a guest waiting on us. And, yeah, we do. Uh, yes, we do. You know, in our uh, tagline on the beginning of our show, uh, one of the subject matters that we said we we're going to discuss is faith. And we've hit on it. Uh, we've we've angled off from the main topics that we've had on and, and kind of chased some rabbits into the faith area. But we really haven't done any concentrated effort to have our main focus of one show being uh, faith. Yeah, and, and that was something that's something that I know is very important to you and I. We are both uh, very involved and uh, leaders in different respects at the congregations where we worship and and as far as you and I are concerned, 
uh, our Christianity and our faith in, in Jesus is is the most important thing in our life. So obviously that's going to uh, come into our podcast. It's going to come into our discussions because it's uh, on our hearts and minds all the time. So we're going to bring in tonight with us in just a moment a, a dear friend of both of ours, a friend of the show, uh, Mark Posey. Uh, this is going to sound weird to say. Mark Posey is the pulpit minister at the Winfield Church of Christ as of, I believe, eight days ago. And uh, we are we're proud to have Mark with us. And uh, Mark and I worked together for six years at Austinville and Indicator. And uh, when I just started there, uh, uh, not too long into it, a few months into it, uh, a mutual friend, Dale Jenkins, uh, asked me, what do you think of working with Mark? And I said, well, he's, he's, he's very positive. He's very polished and he does a great, great job. And, and Dale said, you know what you're telling me is what I've always thought about Mark. Mark is a preacher's preacher. And that had always stuck with me, and I don't think any any way you could describe our guest be much better. So with that with that said, we're going to go ahead and bring Mark in to be with us tonight. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing this evening? Oh, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. Uh, I'd have to speak up and say that some of my uh, first memories of Mark were getting to spend time with him at uh, Maywood Christian Camp and and hearing him preach. And over the last few years, we've gotten to work. Uh, a little closer side by side, and I've uh, really enjoyed learning at your feet, Mark, and we're excited to uh, hear about what you have to present to us today. I appreciate that. I mean, the two of you are just uh, uh, better than close friends, and I, I just love love both of you and your families. I mean, y'all are truly blessed with great families, and I just appreciate you so much for all that you do, and uh, you're a, uh, you're just an encouragement to so many people, but most of all, you're an encouragement to me, and I appreciate that very much. Well, thank you. It's very, very kind of you. Uh, we would you, be buddy. remiss, uh, you know, all of the uh, – I think we might be up to, to eight listeners now of the show, uh, all eight of you listening to this show. Um, uh, <laughs> we're doing a little bit better now, I joke, but we do have a small, limited audience. But most of, most of our audience probably would like to know, Mark, how is the new work going? Well, you know, uh, like a, like I, I told you, I think you mentioned, uh, only been there eight days and two Sundays, <laughs> and uh, so far so good. Great congregation, uh, wonderful group of people. Uh, Winfield, Alabama, is a little bit smaller town than, uh, well, quite a bit smaller than Decatur, Alabama. But uh, even though the town is small. Uh, the the hearts of the people are enormous, and uh, you know we're you know we're averaging you know 250 or more, and it's just uh, uh, it's it's great, and uh, they are they're just a a, a wonderful dedicated group of uh, loving Christians, and they're showering us and giving us so many blessings that. Uh, we're just overwhelmed, and so I, I just look forward to it, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to have a great work there. Very good. That's, that's great. That's great. Um, you, know, uh, you know, hey, I know you only got eight days to go, but at least they kept you for eight days, you know. Hey, it could be worse. Huh? You know, that's good. That's a good sign, right? <laughs> hey, minute. Got a record going, yeah. There you go. All right. All right. All right. That was the, uh, to everybody listening, that loud huff was my dog. Uh, getting in my face on my microphone. So Audrey makes her podcast debut. Um, I could barely hear it. Could barely hear it. Um, 
Hey, uh, Mark, like we said, you know, Mark's a preacher, pre preacher's preacher, and I couldn't think of anybody better to to come to us with a topic that we wanted to share tonight. And that is we wanted to share him to share some things not specific to any one person or any one area or any one group of people. But what do you wish what do what preachers wish? their congregations knew or their people knew uh even me I, i've been i've made the move from associate to pulpit in the last uh i guess i'm almost 18 months into it now the it's a different perspective standing on the other side of that pulpit and uh, we wanted to kind of share that perspective with our audience tonight and share some things that that preachers wish their congregations knew Well, you better go ahead. Yeah, you can go ahead. I was, I was, Big okay. Red didn't have anything. Uh, uh, I think that's kind of where we are, Mark. Okay. So go ahead. Uh, what are some things that you, that you, that preachers wish that their their congregation maybe understood a little bit more, or, or kind of get a scene behind mm -hmm. it, just to give them a glimpse behind the curtain of the life of a preacher, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, kind of. I guess just to preface it all, uh, the, the, the preachers and the ministers that I've encountered, or at least known through the years, uh, going all the way back to uh, just my earliest memories, having grow, grown up in a preacher's home, my father being a preacher, um, I've spent my life in ministry, my son is a preacher, so we're just surrounded by preachers. And the thing that I've observed and uh, reflected on uh, that I've seen in preachers, preachers are givers. And uh, oftentimes you take a preacher and maybe even his family, put them in a situation or circumstances where they're on the receiving end or uh, even the recipients of something, and that kind of makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable because they're, they're so geared and so attuned to giving and uh, providing that when they're, the shoe is on the other foot, it oftentimes uh, just gives them a, a whole different perspective, and they're just not necessarily used to it. So, with with right. that said, uh, I, I I can I, I guess I can only think or uh, come up with three things that uh, I, I think every preacher would want their congregation to know. And this is by not only observation, but uh, kind of you know discussing and hearing and listening to various ministers through the years and even on personal reflection. But here they are. Okay, first and foremost, and these are in no certain order. They're, I believe they're equal within themselves. The first thing I believe that any preacher would want his congregation to know is how deeply he loves them. Mm, yes. That he's, he's just, he, he's willing, he's willing to go many, many extra miles for them and do whatever he can to help them to be stronger, to uh, have less problems to deal with, fewer worries in their life. And if he can even take on some of that stuff for them, he's willing to do that because his love for them is so deep. And I wish that every congregation and every member of all of our congregations could uh, really grasp how deeply their minister or the ministers really, really love them. Um, you know, they're, they're willing to sacrifice even treasures 
for the members. They're willing to rise early and stay up late just to help or provide or do whatever it takes so that the members uh, just have a have a great path or a great walk with the Lord. And so that's that would be the first thing. Just how, how... Go ahead. Go ahead, Brendan. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, that's that's one thing that uh, that's one thing that that I, I I wish we could communicate that better. And you know, to be fair, I don't understand a lot about other people's professions. So to be fair, uh, you know, we're not casting stones. I think we all look at other professions, and maybe there's some aspects about that that we don't have a full appreciation for. Um, and so we're just going to focus on, on this profession, uh, the one that the one that we're focusing on tonight. Uh, and, and, I, and I will say I agree. And I was hoping this was going to be on your list is, is that um, I don't know if people automatic, always understand how, how much they mean to us and how much we are willing to do for for them i mean it's to it is uh they're they are they are our lives <laughs> and um mm -hmm. you know we 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 schedule our vacations around them and we schedule our our mm -hmm. our, our you know our, our weekly activities around them and and all that's not for the most part preachers i know it's not for really a buck it's because they love them and they love the lord and they want that love to grow uh, so yes, absolutely. absolutely. I, I, do, I do think I do think that is the number one thing. Your preacher Mark, loves I, you. Mark, I've I've told Brendan this before, but while we do this podcast, I doodle like I just have a marker and I usually doodle. And while you were talking, before uh -huh. you even mentioned your topic, I wrote down the word love because I felt like one of your three points was going to have to do with with how much you love the people. And, and I've always mentioned this. And, and of course, you know, I'm very blessed at the congregation where I worship to uh, have a good relationship with Chris Presma, right. who's the minister where I am. Mm -hmm. And I always am amazed how I never felt like anything Chris did or does was out of requirement, but out of love. He always, Amen. if he shows up to, to help somebody, if he shows up at somebody's ball game, if he visits you, I mean, he's come to my daughter's you know, having her tubes put in her ears when that's the littlest of surgeries, mm -hmm. you know, and he's there, you know, just it, it just he's not doing it because it's a requirement. He's doing it because of how much right. he cares for his for his members and for the, right. the, the Christians at his congregation. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, what's your number two? Mark? Well, years ago. Oh, go ahead. Tell yeah, us. More. Well, let me make this follow up comment years ago. When I first started into we call full-time ministry, you know, I guess full-time supported ministry financially, uh, my dad, he told me, he said, son, it's very likely that the many sermons that you preach, the majority of the people will not necessarily remember all of those sermons per se, uh, but they will remember one thing. And that is when you're by their side, when a family member has died or someone in their family or they are having surgery or they're suffering from a problem and they need some counsel or guidance, they'll remember that you were there. And like you said about Chris and both of you, you know, you're, you're servant-oriented. And that's, I believe... Uh, you can't pay a person to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, eventually, it would come out, and eventually, you would see that it was it was fake, it, it was false, it was fictitious. 
but uh, to do it for a lifetime and for a living, mm-hmm. that really has to come from the inside. And so, yeah, love has to be the very top. Uh, but, but let me give you the second one here. All right, go the ahead. Second Absolutely. One is, uh, the second one has to do with uh, uh, somewhat of a, uh, a, a relationship with love. But I believe the second thing that every minister would love their congregation to know about them is how definitely he wants a close family relationship within the local congregation. That he wants it to truly be the family of God. And that family members will uh, respond to each other the way family members ought to and and how they'll go out of each other's way to to really do do what needs to be done, but it would be a a, a close family uh, relationship that uh, can scale every mountain and make it through every valley uh, and come out on the other side stronger than when when you first begun, and so uh, that family relationship, how he so desperately wants that, and we'll do whatever it, whatever it takes to, to build that or to develop that. So that's the second one. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I liken it to this. Um, it does my heart good when I walk into a restaurant, and you know, I'm a, and, and I look and I see there's ten of our people or fifteen of our people out of eating together, um, and maybe they didn't invite me, and I go, hey, why didn't they invite me? But then I realize, hey, you know what? They're eating together, <laughs> and uh, and and they're spending time <laughs> with one another, and and they like one another, and they care about one another, and they're showing everybody else in this restaurant that they do that, and uh, uh, you know, kind of a uh, kind of a John. John 13, right? Where they'll know, they'll know, they'll know you by the love. They'll love. They'll know me by the love that you have for one another. Uh, I think absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah, and I completely agree with both of you guys. Obviously, I don't know anybody who could disagree with that statement. But you know, if the only time um, you're seeing your church family, and I love the the use of that term, church family, is a couple of times on Sunday and once on Wednesday. You know, I think you're missing out. Um, on the benefits that you can have of that close personal family. You know, we, we're lucky, you know, I've, I've lived in times where my, my physical birth family wasn't close to me, and that was hard. I didn't enjoy when, that, when I went with those long gaps without seeing my family. But to be close to our spiritual family and to not take advantage of that, you know, we, we need to, as Christians, uh, take advantage of that and be as close to them as we can. And I, I, I've done the same thing before, gone out on a Tuesday or a Friday and seen folks from the congregation just enjoying being together and how what a blessing that is uh, to see folks doing that. All right. So number well, one was know, how much the preacher. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For our listeners, uh, we all three are in different areas of the state, and uh, the our communication has a lag. And there's there there's so sometimes we end up on top of one another. It's not intentional, and we're doing the best we can. We can't see each other, and and so uh, and and so that's that's why that happens. Uh, the first thing Mark said was the the preacher wishes how much the con- the preacher wishes the congregation knew how much he loves them, and number two was how much the preacher desires for the congregation to have a close family relationship. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, in the list of the list of three that brings to the third one. And, you know, the first two are very important and you can't have a successful ministry or 
you can't have a, a successful work without them. But the third one has to be uh, really the, the crescendo of all of them, and that is I think every minister would love and wants the congregation with which he works and worships to know how desperately he wants them to go to heaven. And uh, it, you know, his his desire for their eternal home to be heaven really eclipses anything, and, and really relates to the first two. It just kind of culminates all the all the all of them together uh, to show his heart, to show his mind, his soul, and strength in regard uh, that heaven be the eternal home for all of those that he encounters. Yeah. Mark, I, I think that, um, you know, when you're thinking about our our eternal salvation, that sometimes the preacher wants it for us so badly, you know, and, and sometimes that might even lead to some frustration, um, you know, from the preacher or from leaders at a congregation because of how badly they want it for the members. And, and the responsibility is still on us as members to to want it for ourselves, uh, but to to know how badly that the preacher wants that for those that he's teaching and, and lifting up spiritually, you know, there's, there's nothing more important than that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, one thing, uh, people don't maybe understand, they get frustrated with the preacher once, why is he upset that I didn't come on Wednesday night? Or why is he upset that we didn't stay for the fellowship meal? Or why is he upset? We didn't send our kids to, to this program or to, to that, or, 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 you know, we're, we're, we're good people. We're there on Sundays and we're given. And, and the, the reason why preachers may get, like you said, big red frustrated with that is because we believe all of those little things that we just mentioned that may appear to be little, by the way, uh, help you get you and your family to heaven. And that's why we want you to do those things. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, you know, it's, it's a definite microcosm, but, you know, uh, a fellowship meal, you know, what, what do we, why would we want someone to come to a fellowship meal? Because we want them to enjoy that fellowship and that rejoicing and that good time together. Why? Because it might in some way explain how much more above and beyond heaven is going to be filled with rejoicing and excitement and joy. You know, there, one, one's a little representation of the other one. And so you're trying to almost mimic that through, through wanting it for the congregation. Amen. Well, Mark, that's... Well, you know, I've said so... Yeah, that's great. I, I, I've always said, and I, I, I'm assuming I'll probably say it till I, <laughs> till I, till I pass from this life. But you boil you boil this life down, and if you if if we miss heaven, then we've missed everything. Nothing else will matter. Mm-hmm. And so, what a blessing it is to be a minister in whatever capacity that might be, and to help folks see how beautiful and wonderful heaven will be. Uh, that is the richest blessing I can think of on the face of this earth. That is right. You know, we, we have a good time on our show, and it, it, a lot of it's humor-based. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to break a rule that you taught me, Mark. You taught me always let your audience know when humor is coming and, and give a warning. And I did not give you a warning. I didn't give you a warning on this, and I apologize. Uh, but I think I, I, if – if you don't have one ready to go, I got one. Uh, I know I can can pitch back to you uh, in your church work. Okay. You know, 
uh, going to hospitals, in the pulpit, amongst congregation, funerals, weddings, everything in between. Tell us, tell us maybe one of the, the most humorous instances in your, I guess, 30-something years now of, of ministry that, that you've come across or you had happen uh, with you or your family. Well, it, ha- it has to be the time that um, I went to the veterinarian to pray for the sick cat at the request <laughs> of the family. And so uh, show up at the, show at the veterinarian hospital, you know, and, and Smokey, oh, Smokey is, is, is really under the weather. And so, uh, Smokey. You, know, uh, uh, you know, you pray and <laughs> you, you just, uh, it's hard to really know how to pray in that particular case. You know, you thank God for all the things that you made. And uh, I hope unfortunately, I hope Smokey's owner Smokey died. <laughs> yeah, Smokey died. I mean, you know, I guess that was a, an answer of God's prayer. No, you know, <laughs> oh, Smokey went in all the way of the earth. <laughs> oh, man, he was, oh, he, he was awesome. on number eight and didn't even know it. Oh. Oh, I know no. it, yeah. I mean, he used all nine. <laughs> I, I thought, Mark, you might. Uh, I thought you might have mentioned the, the time that, <laughs> and being that he's a preacher now, it makes it even funnier uh, that, that your son decided to uh, – Enter the open casket at a funeral. No. Oh, now that that is a classic. Yes, yes. Um. Well, let me just tell that one real quick and everything. Okay. Uh, uh, Paulie, my wife, our kids, Kayla and Josh, we have sung, we have we we have, we have sung at so many funerals, just the four of us. And um, so funerals are have been a big part of our life. But this particular time, uh, we went to well, it's just uh, just across the Alabama Tennessee line. I think it was. Maybe, uh, well, it might have been Ardmore, Alabama. Well, we went up there, and uh, we look around, and we miss Josh, and uh, look over at the casket. He's crawling up in the casket to get in with the deceased. No. And uh, needless to say, needless to say, that was, uh, um, well, <laughs> we got to how, how quick. <laughs> how do you come back from that? How do you come back? Oh, hey, you if don't, we want- man. You if we want to have another segment, Brendan, uh, sometime we could have funny preacher stories. Oh, yeah. Chris Presno could be oh, the man, guest. Oh, that would be great. Eight, he could be the guest for like eight <laughs> straight weeks. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, we got we got them. Preachers have seen it all. And uh, we, we love preachers, and we love that preacher we got on with us tonight. We love Mark. Mark, hey, thank you for spending some time with us this evening. Uh, we really appreciate you and your family. We hope things keep going well for you in Winfield. Uh, and so uh, we'll have you on again. I'm sure there's more more corn we can shuck together. Okay, thank, thanks so much. Hey. Love and appreciate y'all and your family. Y'all keep up the good work and preach the word, fellas. Love you, Mark. Take care, brother. Thank you, man. Talk to y'all later. All right. All right. Oh, man, what? Brendan. How good. how good was that? That was great. <laughs> Not only was... the three points, which was, those were obviously good. But when he started in on, I was fine until he told me the cat's name. <laughs> oh, we know, Smokey. But speaking of that. How about this, ladies and gentlemen? This is when the business, uh, in the business, we call this a transition. Speaking of old Smokey, old Smokey's doing good up in the Tennessee Hills this week because oh, they old Smokey, are. old Smokey came down to the plains of Auburn, Alabama, and put a whooping on them Tigers. And you know, Big Red messaged me right after that game was over. 
uh, and we'll talk about where I was and I didn't get to watch the game and God was with me on that. But and he, he messaged me. He said, I'm ready for you to go off. I'm ready for you to go off and just let him, let him have it. Well, here's the thing. Here's how I deal with, with Auburn in times like this. And uh, here, here's what I do. You know, and it's not necessarily good for podcasting, but last week I was mad. I was mad last week about the Mississippi State game. I, I thought we might lose that game, but the way and, and the fashion, and it, I was mad about the play. I was mad about the, the, the scheme. I was mad about the, the some of the calls the officials made. I was angry. But that dropped us to four and two. We had no chance of getting out of the West. We had no chance of getting to a big bowl. Uh, and that leads me to where I am. And I never thought they would lose to Tennessee. I'll be honest with you. I didn't see that coming. I thought it'd be a close game. Uh, I thought Vegas was nuts. I think it was like a 16-point line uh, Auburn was favored by. But I went and I uh, did something more important that we'll talk about. I didn't even I didn't even check the score till till an hour after the game was over. Did, did I've that, reached apathy. I'm not mad anymore. Well, I'm not let me mad ask you anymore. This. I don't care. Did they did they have the same offensive struggles that they've had in the weeks past? Dude, I didn't see the game. I don't know. <laughs> I know they well, have I mean, more yardage. I know they have more yardage and the box score. I know they had a little bit more yardage, and I know they had more turnovers, and I know the defense is absolutely falling apart. Uh, they let they let Janine Garofalo, whatever their quarterback's name is, um, <laughs> it's not Janine Garofalo. Uh, they let her um, they let her throw for about 350 on them and set a career high. There's been three quarterbacks that have set career high marks in some aspect of their game against Auburn this season, and it's been like in the last four weeks, all three of them have happened. And so the defense is worn down. The offense didn't help them. That was the danger of what was going to happen. They can't get off the field. They're worn down. They're falling apart. They got Ole Miss this week. Ole Miss just lost their best player. Um, and uh, we got a $30 million buyout. We're going to have to pay this goober that he never should have gotten. I am getting a little bit upset uh, that, that the president had no business, no business acumen of negotiating with Jimmy Sexton, got absolutely schooled in that, and uh, we're on the hook for $30 millions if, if we want to try to fix this this year. But the thing is, it doesn't get any better. Uh, let's so say he goes 6-6, 5-7, 7-5 six six, seven, seven this year, turns around next year, Auburn's roster is going to be weaker next year than it is this year, and their schedule is going to be tougher. And uh, well, maybe tougher. It's at least as tough. They have to go to Florida. Um, and he's well, going to do what again. How does, how does the buyout thing work? Like, let's say. Okay, I'm, that's what I was, yeah, that's what I was getting. It was going to be. Let's, let's say I'm Auburn alumni, and mm-hmm. I've just got millions of dollars because mm-hmm. I started Big Red's Chicken Wing Shack, and mm-hmm. I've got it. Can I just offer to pay for his contract? Yeah, well, he's guaranteed 32 this year. He gets 15 of it within the first 30 days of firing, and then I don't know how it's divided up after that. Um, he, uh, Does somebody need to contact a, Tim Cook or whoever the guy is? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. And, but the thing email. is, the conundrum they have is is that it only goes down to like 25 next year. And so when you're talking that much money, $5 million is not a lot of relief um and the problem Auburn's going to about to have especially if they keep losing games is they're already and like most teams struggling to fill their their stadiums that you know the Tennessee face value ticket the face value of that ticket was $125 now they didn't they didn't go for that in the secondary market but they're already struggling to fill um uh they need to build some new facilities for the football program and they're having 
trouble raising funds for that because people don't believe in Gus Malzahn. And, uh, and it was two games. The president got emotional. The athletic director was on his way out. He was a lame duck. They threatened to go to Arkansas. I don't believe that was ever going to happen. And they get stuck with this huge, huge contract. Uh, you, you, we say 30 million just to give our listeners a perspective. That would be the largest buyout in the history of college athletics. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know what Auburn does, but I do know that it is not good. Uh, I don't see, you know, usually you have, you know, people who are on the fence about some things. Well, it'll be okay. We'll have a down year. I don't see anybody who's pleased with the direction Auburn's going right now. I mean, the base, you know, you just look at it, 12 and 2, 8 and 5, 8 and 5. No, excuse me, 12 and 2, 8 and 5, 7 and 6, 8 and 5. Uh, 10 and four, even in last year, which was a pretty good year, still managed to lose four games. Um, And then already with three, with three losses uh, early in this year. And it's so So they're three and three now. They're four and three. Yeah. Four and three. Okay. okay, That's right. They've played four and three and they still have A&M, Georgia and Alabama. Ouch. They really needed, they really needed to come through October with a loss, a loss, maybe two at the most, at the absolute Can most. Can they finish 500? Uh, this big game, and this makes me sick, no offense to any Ole Miss listeners, uh, didn't think, be saying that the Ole Miss game would be a big game for us this year. Uh, I think they got their best chance to win another big game, uh, an SEC game would be against Ole Miss so, Saturday. I know you don't ever hope to lose as an Auburn fan, but at this point, don't you want to kind of do as bad as you can so maybe they will fire? <laughs> you prepared. You're ready. Um, I mean, because, uh, I mean, it's like, it's like the same old thing with the with the NBA. You know what I'm saying? It's the same old thing with the NBA. We got 10 games left. We're in, you know, we're in ninth place. We're not going to make the playoffs. But if we get into 10th place, we might have a better draft pick, you know? You, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's a little bit of that, which is, you know, college sports is not supposed to be like that you know but that that's changed the big money the playoff that's changed um that's changed you know i don't know i struggle with it because in the, in the heat of the moment i know when i want auburn to win right. but at the same time you know 30 million dollars if they pay out a 30 million dollar buyout i mean that's big money are they are they going to be able to build those extra facilities are they going to have to take money from uh from things maybe they promised pearl or the other program bruce pearl the other programs to i mean that money's got to come from somewhere even if it is tim cook or jimmy rain or these big money guys it's still got to come from somewhere which means there's there's a vacuum that happens somewhere else and it's not going to happen in those guys personal lives um, well, hey, let, what if we start like a few like things like we could try to get stuff trending on Twitter. We could be like Bo knows buyouts and see if <laughs> Bo would pay for it or something like that. Auburn knows buyouts, that's for sure. Here's a <laughs> here's a here's a funny thing, and we'll move. I know people get tired of this. I'm like, guys, it's not an Auburn show, and it's really not. But even if you don't like Auburn, you should be enjoying the lamenting. Okay, lamenting is good when you don't like them. Get over it. Um, Here's the thing. You go back to Tuberville. Tuberville 07 uh, went to the Peach Bowl, got a win, uh, got a contract extension, fired him next year. Of course, it was potato, uh, you know, it, it potatoes next to what the amount of money we're talking about. Gus getting fired for Chiswick 2011 had, of course, got a big contract extension coming off of 2010. Won a national championship. You had to do that. But uh, 11 happens, and they go to the Peach Bowl at the end of 11. Gets fired in 12. Uh, 
<laughs> Guess what bowl game Auburn went to last year? <laughs> the Peach Bowl. Got a huge contract extension, and here we are in October, not knowing whether we're going to have a new coach coming next year or not. Something tells me you'd love to have the Peach Bowl this year. <laughs> we yeah 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 that would mean we that means we win out also so yeah right, right. yeah well right. hey, hey other another football good, news unless well, you want to one, one more one more cool well no just one more thing before we move on I I want you to just start thinking don't say any names mm. we need to start thinking about the short list of who you want if it happens it, well you said don't say any names but uh, and there's this cat there's this dude up in there's this dude up in lexington that's doing pretty good I'm just <laughs> i couldn't do that too. i couldn't well do i don't too. i don't think y'all want him either i don't think he's gutsy enough for auburn but anyway that's neither here nor there well on, on the football note i was wrong also not only did auburn lose to tennessee georgia who i predicted to put a whooping on lsu did not put a whooping on LSU. Uh, the whooping went the other hey, way. Brendan, can you hear that? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? You got to listen real close. It's the door opening for Kentucky to win the East. <laughs> Do you hear it? It's just creaking open. It's there. It's there. It's creaking open. If we can I get mean, our offense into gear. Mm-hmm. If you can stop the run, you can you can beat Georgia. And, That's the uh, hope. Yeah, that's the hope, man. We've got to stop the run and um, be able to put some points on the board. The little bit I've seen of Georgia this year, uh, they're very talented, but they, they are not last year's team. Um, they're good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not down, down on them. Uh, last year's team was, you know, they were obviously almost good enough to win a national championship game. They were obviously, you know, elite. Uh, I think this is a good team, but I don't think they're near what last year was. Well, I'll have I'll have a good story to tell us next week as far as um, uh, Kentucky is concerned, and we'll know a little bit more. I'll actually be at the game this weekend uh, in mm. Lexington. So Kentucky's got a three good games. We got uh, Vanderbilt, Missouri, and then we've got uh, Georgia. The good news mm. is Georgia comes to Lexington, so that'll be uh, a good three weeks for us. Awesome. Uh, who's Alabama killed this week? I didn't even look it up. Buddy, I don't even pay attention anymore. Let's see who haven't they played yet. Uh, Missouri. No, they just played Missouri. Um, I don't. They'll know. kill somebody this week. Yeah. Oh, they got Tennessee. Tennessee. They'll kill Tennessee this week. Oh yeah, they'll murder them. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. Uh, as far as other, you know, Florida's looking better and better, and uh, you know, maybe they're. I think the East is starting to. I don't know if they've closed the gap, but that it. I don't think the disparity is there amongst the East. I think the top is not near, uh, well, maybe the bottom, but the top and the middle is not near as far apart as it has been, uh, at least it was last year. And so that, that's a good thing for football. I think that the East is more competitive. Well, and there was a lot of, there were a few other losses in the top 25, but I just can't call them off the top of my head. But I think mm -hmm. something like six in the top 25 lost, something like that. I was, you know, and we'll talk about it. Um, I was out completely out of touch with football this week, and so I hadn't yeah, even caught you, up. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that? Uh, as For those of you that, that may not be aware, I don't know how you could not be aware, but our, um, our country just uh, had one hurricane that really hit the North and South Carolina coast about three or four weeks ago. And then uh, last Wednesday, um, we had the uh, southern part of Alabama and the western part of Florida just get rocked by a Hurricane Michael 
and uh, you ended up going down there and doing some relief work, didn't you? Yeah, we went down uh, Saturday morning. We left about five and got back home a little after 10 that night. Um, we have a, a family here at the church where her, her family is in Panama City. And, and you know, you think, well, shouldn't the church there take care of them? Well, the church there is just trying to put their own houses back together, much less somebody else's um, at this point in time. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, we went down there and did a little work and uh, took a few supplies and man, it's uh, it's really bad. I know that may not be the best uh, use of the English language, but it is it is really bad. I've done uh, I've done. You, you don't want to compare who had it worse. It doesn't really really matter when your home's devastated. Your home's devastated. It doesn't really matter which storm was the worst. But I've done seven or eight of these things now uh, in my life, going in after them, and uh, this one is is up there. It's it's uh it's it's some of the worst damage i've ever seen yeah and and everything that i'm seeing is is indicating that everybody agrees with you i mean i you know we saw the damage from the hurricane on the carolinas a few weeks ago you know i think about damage that that sticks fresh in my mind or the hurricanes that went through tuscaloosa uh five or six years ago i think about hurricane katrina and um, it's hard to say that somehow this all seems worse because of the scope and the breadth of the of the destruction and the damage. You talked about scope, and uh, that was what caught me off guard. There was you cross. It, it's really almost automatically as you cross over the well, as we crossed over the uh, the state line on Highway 231 south of Dothan. It uh, destruction starts there, and you, you'll see homes ruined and roofs off and trees snapped and you know vehicles on overturned and and you see all that. Um, and when we went through there on Saturday, there was minimal power. You could see some places had it, some didn't. For the most part, none though. Uh, but once you hit Interstate 10, if if you've ever been through Florida, you know 10 is kind of halfway the north south of the panhandle <clears throat> and once you hit 10 there's a gas station open there with a huge huge line i mean huge and after that there was no power and it went from being destruction to being just devastation and it was uh it was just total devastation it's one of those deals where you're driving and you go oh i really hope uh i really hope nobody was in that place and uh it, it was bad very, very, these giant, huge Florida oaks were just thrown around and uh, trees that have been there for, you know, uh, 100 uh, centuries uh, just flipped over like a like a potted plant. And, and how uh, it, it's kind of interesting because the two storms were different. You know, the storm that hit on the Carolinas about three weeks ago dumped just a ton of rain because of the speed at which the storm moved. It just lingered and lingered. This storm was different in that it uh, snuck up out of nowhere, hit like a jackhammer, and then was gone. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And I saw, I saw videos of pine trees, and and Brendan, it looked like somebody had had zoomed in on a patch of grass swaying in the wind. I mean, it was just uncanny. It was, you know, it gained strength. <clears throat> it, it gained strength as a. Uh as it landed which is highly unusual and um and the people there were really caught off guard 
um, because of how quick it picked up from a two to a three to a to a four to almost a five. Um, it, it happened overnight and from from three to almost five, and uh, people did not evacuate. And I'm amazed the death toll is not higher than what it is um, because people didn't evacuate. I mean, that whole subdivision we were working in, uh, nobody evacuated out of it. Nobody did. It was, um, <clears throat> we knew people on Mexico Beach, they didn't evacuate. And of course, that's the worst. And we could not get any further south, really, than what we were. Um, the police still had it quarantined off and uh, blockaded. Um, there's some bad people doing some bad stuff, man. And uh, these tragedies like this, uh, they bring out the best in humanity and they bring out the worst in humanity and um you know i, I do you think like as, you're far as, like, as far as looting and different things like yeah. that yeah there is some bad looting going on a lot a lot worse than the media maybe has let you know um and that's not just me talking that's coming from some in first responders um and uh it, it's some bad stuff and I, I i do think though that that the more infrastructure that gets in place, the less that'll stop. Some of that looting is coming from panic. There was no communication. There was no water. There was no power for over 48 hours. These people didn't have help, didn't know if help was coming. And so, yeah, some of them are just bad dudes, but some of it's panic. And, uh, and, and so that was some of it. But you know what? That's negative. I'd like to talk more about the positive. Um, yeah, you know, the neighborhood I, and I believe... I was going to say also there'll, there'll be an opportunity for our listeners to be able to kind of contribute and help here in just mm -hmm. a second once you once you tell us a little bit more about y'all's specific project. Yeah, the positive, you know, we we took our group about nine or so down there and we did work. We worked hard all day, but as we're going in, the traffic backs up and it stops. And the reason it's backing up and stop is because people are trying to get in to help people. Uh, bucket trucks, law enforcement coming from Alabama, Louisiana, and Georgia, and all the surrounding areas. And, you know, uh, uh, a dude from South Carolina drove up and handed me a sheet of plywood that he didn't use when he was volunteering at somebody else's house. Um, it, you know, people, that neighborhood, uh, right after we, we had to leave because they had a dusk curfew, um, and we had, so we had to get out of that area. Uh, but for dinner that night, one of the, one of the men in the neighborhood uh, had a bunch of meat that he had built up in his freezer and of course they had no power so it was going to go bad so they had a uh, they, they all got out those of them that had charcoal grills got out and they they grilled all the meat and the, and the whole neighborhood came together and ate that night uh by fire you know on fireside and 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 so you, and then uh you know think of these great organizations that are down there uh church of christ disaster response team is based out of panama city uh church of christ disaster assistance is coming from the tallahassee side and, and you know you think of all these people most of them are volunteering or getting paid very little to do what they're doing uh and and they're putting others first. You know, the firefighters haven't been home in four or five days. Uh, people, you know, uh, and policemen haven't been home in a week, you know, and, and it, it's the best to, it's the best in humanity. And I uh, think about those guys that like in the, in the Cajun Navy that go, that come from Louisiana for every big storm when there's flooding and they get in their boats and they go help rescue people. You know, that's, that's awesome. There's still, there's still good in our country and in our society uh and we just sometimes need to put a little light on that yeah and you know it's a shame that it, it takes a tragedy occasionally for that to to show its face um but you know sometimes when your back's up against the wall 
we see what we're made of and and thankfully more times than not it seems like um we're we're made of some pretty good stuff we just have to uh, be that way not only in the face of a tragedy but day to day in and mm. and in one interaction to the next mhm but there is a need for help you brought it up uh they need help and this isn't going away tomorrow they're going to need work crews and if you're listening to this and, and and let me just say it maybe i'm a little bit jaded maybe i'm maybe i'm not realistic if you're listening to this and you have the means and the opportunity to get down there over the next few months and help these people you should do that and i don't mean to be preaching but you would want the same to happen to you if you were in their situation and i've been in their situation and maybe that's why i'm a little sensitive to it because they cannot help themselves they're overwhelmed they cannot do this all for themselves the insurance companies are overwhelmed they can't get in there uh oh, it'll quick be enough. months and months yeah it'll be months and months before that happens i mean think about it, it. even a, even a company that would, would would do a repair for you on your home they mm -hmm. likely got wiped out too right and so it's going to take contractors and insurance companies coming in from the air uh, outside the area and uh, it's gonna it's you know it's it, they need your help and maybe you can't maybe you don't have the opportunity let me encourage you to go and uh and check out church of christ like i said church of christ disaster response team they are basing out of jinx avenue church of christ in panama city and they're also going to coordinate with Palo Alto Church of Christ down there. Uh, and they're working on the Panama City side. And then the, another group is Church of Christ Disaster Assistance. And they're coming from Tallahassee working to uh, work in that area and working to the west. And both of those groups do a great, great job. You, you send your money to the Red Cross, nothing against the Red Cross. I, I personally can't vouch for what's going to happen to that money. If you, I can tell you what these people are going to do with that money you send them. I know these people. I know these men and women. It gets to the mouths that need the food. It gets to the people that need the shelter. It gets to the right people, and it also helps the name of the Lord too. Uh, I would highly suggest helping these you know, groups out. Brendan, we also we we always hear that phrase uh, from the Book of Esther for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. This is that mm -hmm. time, people. This is that opportunity to go and do something. Mm -hmm. It is there. There's the opportunities there. Yeah, there's no shortage of opportunity to do good in this situation. There is no shortage of opportunity to do good. But do let me encourage you. Um, don't just show up down there. And, and uh, I guess you can do that if you want to. Uh, it may not be the wisest thing to just show up. Uh, work through one of these agencies and they'll put you on somebody. Um, they, they know how to do that. They know it's for your safety, uh, it's for liability, it's for a lot of good reasons to work through an agency. And go help, but use caution and, and, and use it in the right way and be more effective. And uh, be in prayer for these folks for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're, we've been going for a while now, and I'm actually starting to lose my voice, which probably is not a good sign for our listeners. That means I've talked too much. I'm trying to do better, y'all. I'm trying, uh, but we're <laughs> gonna skip. We're gonna skip to jokes, okay? Uh, my jokes are a little bit different angle today. Uh, do you have oh, a joke, Big Red? I do. I've got a couple that are that are I, I think are pretty much a winner. But well, first of all, hold on. Did I tell you this? Did I tell you that I went to the zoo the other day? Mm. Mm -hmm. I went I went to the zoo and I saw a bagel in a cage. A bagel in a cage, okay. 
Yeah, the zookeeper told me that it was bred in captivity. Mm. How about that? You know, one yeah. time I was the best man at a wedding. One time. That was pretty good. You know, I felt pretty important. Pretty good title. Best man. But, you know, I thought it was a bit too much. I mean, we got the groom, and maybe I should have been a pretty good man. Not the best man. Pretty good man. You know, that's enough. Because if I'm the best man, why is she marrying this joker? Wah, wah, wah. My thought. Hey, can you remind me, uh, there's that city in Nevada where all the dentists uh, visit. Can you remember what the name of it is? <laughs> I really I wanted it's... to be a smart aleck and just say something like Carson City, but <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I, think it's, I think I remember. I think I remember it now. It's, it's Floss Vegas. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, um, Las Vegas, come on. Yeah. Well. Hey, do you know what? Dogs don't have any money. Do you know that? They have no money. Isn't that amazing? They're broke their entire they lives. They are dogs. Dogs they don't have any money. Entire lives. They don't have a thing. No money. But they get through. You know why they don't have any money, though? You know why dogs don't have money? Why? They don't have any pockets. No pockets. It's the same. It's, it's probably the same reason melons have weddings. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's funnier. I thought about it. No pockets. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, the, hey, this was a good one. If you've sat through with us, you, you kind of got the full gamut of what we try to do. Uh, and we even missed out on our, on our movie news. And we'll get to that maybe next week. There's some neat stuff coming up on Disney that Disney's putting out. And so we maybe break that down for you next week. You got to hear us, the serious side. You got to hear us cut up. You got to hear, hear, our, hear our passion from us. But also... Uh, you don't miss that we don't take things too serious, and uh, we you got to laugh or you, you'll be a miserable life. And so I hope you've enjoyed our time with us tonight. We got to hear a story about a little kid crawling into a casket. I mean, what's not to true love? Story. Mm-hmm. True story. True yep. story. What other podcast brought you the story of a toddler playing in a casket? Tell me that. Who Bring me talking? that podcast. That's who. Bring me that podcast. Hey, and you know All what right. they could do? You know what they could do if they want to hear more about toddlers crawling into caskets? And the like? What's what's that? They could rate us on, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I'm blanking here, on Apple. They could go to, mm-hmm. um, you know, iTunes or Spotify or wherever they're listening to us and rate mm-hmm. us and write a review and like us on Facebook. And we will come up with more stories similar to children crawling into a casket. And if you've been listening for over an hour, you probably are pretty passionate about two dudes talking, and I'm sorry for you. Uh, but if you are still listening, uh, hey, how about you shoot us an idea? Break this down for us. Tell, talk about this show. Uh, what do you think about this subject matter or, or, or this issue in culture? We'll tackle it. We may not tackle it to the ground, but we'll try to tackle it. And, uh, and we may look like an Auburn defender getting juked by a Tennessee player, but we'll, we'll go after it. Whoop, and so, uh, with, with, <laughs> with that being said, regulators, mount up. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.